welcome to Teal Table Talks. Join us around the table for an in-depth and behind-the-scenes look at Soundscapes and the community we serve. I'm Carol Minter, Executive Director at Soundscapes, and my very special guests today are Renaldo Ramirez, who is co-founder and program director here at Soundscapes. And what some of you may not realize is we actually have a co-leadership structure here at Soundscapes. So I'm responsible for all of the things that have nothing to do with music, and Ray is responsible for everything music-related, so all the fun parts of the job. I also have with me today Anne Henry, who is the visionary inspiration behind Soundscapes. She was the one who had the idea initially and then co-founded the organization with Ray in 2009. She was also executive director for the first 13 years of the organization, and after that, part-time government liaison with Soundscapes and continues in that role now as a board member. So welcome, Anne and Ray. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. I am excited today because we have been talking a lot on these Teal Table Talks about the future of Soundscapes, about all the exciting growth that we have coming, about our move to a, a potential hub down the road. Um, but I wanted to take a step back, and I wanted to hear about the origins of Soundscapes. How do we get to where we are and to this very exciting part in our history? And I, I would like to open by giving you all an opportunity to share the origin story of Soundscapes. And, and this is a story I've heard many times, but I think you all will really enjoy, and, and it really starts with Anne. Well, how far back do you want to go? All the way to the beginning. <laughs> well, um, I grew up in this area, in, in the, the peninsula um, of Virginia, and went away to college, got married, and lived at other places, but moved back to this area, as you know, in 2003, and was looking around for something to do. At about that time, there was a lot of publicity locally about drugs and gangs and uh, teenage social problems that were on everybody's mind, but no one had a, a solution for them. And about the same time, I happened to see a 60-minute segment that was um, highlighting a program in Venezuela that had done wonderful things for um, socially um, desperate families and, and children by teaching them music and giving them the hope and, and skills to become contributing citizens in their communities. And so I thought that's something that could be done here. It was scalable, it was something that I could imagine doing. And um, on the other hand, I'm not a musician. I needed somebody to, to, um, to program that part of it. And I went to the Virginia Symphony and talked to the executive director there, Carla Johnson, and she, she was enthusiastic, but not able to take on another project at that time. But Ray, I'll call you Ray since we're all Absolutely. buddies. Um, Ray was the director of education at the symphony, and he and I began a conversation about whether we could do this and could do it here. And you know, a year or two went by. Ray went to the Baltimore Symphony for a stint and um, then called me out of the blue one day and said, how's your project coming along? I said, well, it's fine, except I don't have a, a music director. And Ray jumped off the cliff and said, I'm, I'm, I want to come back to Virginia and do that with you. And happily, he did. So yeah. we had the, um, an, a possibility of a grant through the Hampton University, mm -hmm. which gave us the confidence to go and get started. We actually did not get the grant, but by then we were launched. And so yeah. we found local people who were willing to, to contribute. 
So I, I want to hear that. That's a huge leap to say, yes, I would like to quit my job and I would like to come work for your organization that hasn't exactly been started yet. T- tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, backing up when Anne approached the Virginia Symphony, she uh, she presented this idea that I actually was not familiar with El mm-hmm. Sistema. Uh, and uh, it got me thinking but I also had just finished applying uh, around that same time, applied for the uh, position of Senior Director of Community Engagement and Education at the Baltimore Symphony, um, where they had this seed of a program called Orchids in Baltimore, which was going to be this El Sistema-inspired program. So I was thinking, well, I'm starting to hear this El Sistema word a lot. I better find out what's going on. Uh, and when I actually did move over and uh, got to see this program that was in West Baltimore with 40 students, uh, and I had uh, all of these programs, something like 35 programs under my wing, um, and I was programming for the Baltimore Symphony, uh, like actually picking the music, which is very cool. But what I was finding myself doing was going to West Baltimore and wanting to sit in these classes and see what they were doing. And of all of the students, just within that, the one year that I was there, uh, the programs that I, that I programmed for the following season and the programs that I ran reached over 200,000 students in, in, within those two years, you know, uh, and, that was pretty amazing, but I didn't know any of them. I knew those 40 students in West Baltimore. And it really, what I saw going on in those in that small room uh, with these students that were working really hard, I started to really see the value mm-hmm. of having an education program that wasn't a one-and-done type situation, but where we had people coming in every day working uh, consistently and showing the care and love that comes in with it. And, uh, so I was really excited about that program and I would have kept there, but at the same time, my personal life, my wife is, was a clarinetist with the air force band and I had a three-year-old at that time. And so she was here at Langley and so I was traveling from uh, living in Baltimore during the week and coming back during the weekend. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, uh, there's there's the professional and then there's your personal and my personal. I'm a family man and I, you know, had to be there for my family. So sure. that's when I called Anne and I was like, what, what's going on with your program? Always with the idea of like, how can I inch myself in to, <laughs> to this program so I could move move back in because I really enjoyed uh, what I was seeing there. Yeah. And so when she said, I don't have somebody to run the program, I was like, I, it was, I will do it yes. and, uh, and yeah. let's, let's get it going. Yeah. Meant to be. And, and so that was May of 2009, mm-hmm. uh, when, when I actually left the Baltimore symphony and then by October, 2009, we were up and running with 80 students starting. Yeah. Uh, and we learned a lot during that oh, first yeah. year, a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's what what is amazes me is that we just keep growing and mm-hmm. changing. And I think that's the beauty of not being under a large institution, but being our own 501c3 mm-hmm. is that we actually can pivot and do the very best that we can do for our students in 
you know, and change on a dime if we need to. Absolutely. So I want to hear about those first years you were talking about. So I want to hear from Anne, what were those first years like from an administrative perspective and from Ray, from a program perspective? I, I imagine it was fairly challenging and, and interesting. So w- what was it like, Anne? Um, well, administratively, I was working as an architect at the time. So I had that day job to do. And I'm, actually, we didn't have offices at that point. Um, Ray was literally working out of a closet <laughs> at, um, at Sprite, Smart Beginnings. Is that where it was? Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, okay. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. And we had a few buckets that we bought for the children to study with, five-gallon Home Depot plastic orange buckets. It's the, the children's first instrument. And I'm not sure if we, we stored them at the school. But mm-hmm. Ray, as, as um, director of education for the Virginia Symphony, he was in contact with all of the uh, music directors for the public school systems all around the, yeah. um, the Hampton Roads. And so he was able to find a, a principal who wanted music mm-hmm. as an after-school program in her school. And we just started it. We did not go through the superintendent, which is probably what we should have done, but... We knew where to start, and we got bus bus um, transportation for the kids, and we just jumped in. Mm-hmm. Um, but my job was to find the money to keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, the Virginia Symphony had put me in touch with one or two people who wanted to help, and they not only helped financially, but also helped put together a starting board mm-hmm. for us. And really, without that, we would not have, we, we would have fizzled, I'm sure. Yeah. But we were able to start with a few very strong community members as mm-hmm. board members. And um, Ray was able to, to begin a very creative music program and curriculum. Um, and we, we actually have one or two employees who, were, who are with us now who were with us then. And one of them is filming this, this interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Joe Hamm mm-hmm. has been with us since uh, 2009 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you, you said challenging, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. So um, it, it's 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 funny because I had never actually taught in a large setting. Uh, I had I had plenty of private horn students, yeah. and I had done some sectionals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was not a public school teacher, mm-hmm. um, so. When we were designing the curriculum, we felt like we needed to appease uh, the academic aspect of maybe what we thought funders were looking for. Um, And so we were going to do a half and half situation where we were doing music for one half and then doing project based science uh, learning on the second half. And that was really about like having a project where they had to use their very their uh, scientific method and, mm-hmm. and their reasoning skills to get through and complete this goal or project. I uh, think this is the first time I've ever heard about this. Did you all have a science person on so, staff? So what we did was we found an academic uh, person that okay. was going to lead this. And, you know, I come from a very science-heavy background. Mm-hmm. My father was a... a, a education, science educator, and my mom was too. So it wasn't a large leap for me. Mm -hmm. And actually the science-based project learning is very similar to what music learning is. 
you're taking on a project, you're finding your various different ways of, of getting there, mm-hmm. and you're testing, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you're testing new things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I felt like it was very similar. Mm-hmm. So we started off, I had hired academic staff, I had hired music staff, mm-hmm. and uh, we started off uh the very first day with 80 students and we were going to go through uh, this week. And I have a story about the very first day that I'll get to, but uh, we got to the end of the week and um, the music side was so much fun, right? Yeah. Uh, and the science side would have been fun if that's where all the the ethos of soundscapes was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like there's already great education that's going on in the schools. Sure. We don't need uh, to have more science in our in our program. There's plenty of science in just in the physics of, of making music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I made a switch. You, I talked about being able to change yeah. on a dime. Yeah. By that was Friday. By Monday of the next week, I had let go of all of the academic staff. This is why I don't know about it. It was only the first week. I wasn't here then. Yep. Okay. I let go of the rest of the academic staff, and uh, that's when I hired Joe Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and so he, I think he came in on the second or third week. And uh, and so then we were, we're going to do what we know, which is music. And we believe in the power of music. And while the academic side may have helped us get into the actual school, mm-hmm. the once we were there, nobody was asking us to leave. And and I, I talked to the principal and the whole bit, and we we're like, we're we're going to do music, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's how we 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 kept going. But the very first day, I have to tell this story. Um, I we came in with eighty students, mm-hmm. um, didn't really know what we were doing. We sat them all on the Carver gym floor, uh, gave them some crayons and a listening test that was on the market. Okay. Uh, it was a gardener test. And we uh, it was to, to listen to aptitude uh, or to check for aptitude of whether they can hear high, low, the okay. yeah. music, the same notes, yeah. if they were different or, you know, and... The thing was, okay, so we were going to be very academic about it. And I, and we finished, the, the kids were talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were going to have the Elliott String Quartet play oh, yeah. for the first time. It was great musicians at yeah. that age. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now they're professional musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, kids were talking the whole time. They didn't, they didn't really... Uh, weren't that interested, uh, and um, and I got some great drawings, but no answers on <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> my <laughs> my test. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a tough day. And yeah. I I will say that I left that first day uh, with tears in my eyes. I I left crying. Oh no. And and uh, didn't really want to come back. Yeah. But I came back because I had made this promise to Anne yeah. uh, that we were we were going to get this going. Yeah. Uh, and I think that resilience that we have of all, if even though we have failures, we come back and we try again. And really, that's where we're talking about the project based learning in music sure. is that 
you will find things. You'll have hypotheses and you'll get them and you'll yeah. see that they're wrong. Yeah. And then you come back and you try a different way uh, to get uh, the desired result. I think that's what we have built in our team. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so despite the tears, you know, <laughs> really great things can happen. Yeah. And so that's that's what I, uh, I often tell that story of like, when you think you're going to fail, that's mm -hmm. the time when you need to push through. Yeah. And, and we tell that to our students all the time. Oh, absolutely. No, it's definitely built into the ethos of the organization. So from, from that um, maybe rocky start, um, we've come a long way as an organization. So I want to hear from the two of you who had this, this vision of this organization that didn't even exist yet to this, this journey to grow it. At what point... Did you know we've got something special here? I think probably um, the first or second concert we ever put together. Um, the families were there, mm -hmm. and the children were on the stage, and they couldn't play much, but we had you know, music accompaniment for them. Mm -hmm. um, but just the, the pride that the, the students had in themselves and the pride that the, the parents and the families um, were very evident. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was clear then that yes, they're just beginning, they're just starting out, but this is something good. And I, I don't know, Ray may have a different. Yeah. What about you? At, at what point were you like this? Mm -hmm. This is we've done something. Mm -hmm. This is something wonderful. I, you know, it's it's really hard for me sometimes to step back, and and look because you're you're always in. The production of it, right? right? Uh, and I, I know that we're doing important work, and I know I I see that we're doing important work and effective work and impactful work mm -hmm. uh, through the students that have gone through our program and are going off into college and mm -hmm. building their lives, and they come back and they're saying that this was impactful to them, yeah. even those students that may have left after fifth grade and then uh, I reconnect with them in high school it, when they're in high school they often say you know there's so many skills and I'm still playing in band or orchestra and I'm keeping those skills going um, I may not have that epiphany that we're like yeah we're we we've done something here until I'm like retired, you know, uh, because until then it, there's always stuff to, to, to grow and work on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of what we're doing mm -hmm. and of the team that we've built of the students, what they're doing. Um, but I'm also not spending too much time looking back. Okay. <laughs> well, I think also the, the day that we had our students perform at Ferguson's, uh, Ferguson center on the big stage, mm -hmm. um, that was a true milestone. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Was, okay, we've arrived. Yes, yes. No, that that was magical to have. I think that first time it was what 120 students playing mm -hmm. "Ode to Joy" together on the Ferguson Center stage in Diamondstein Hall. I mean, that was, yeah. I I had chills, and I've only been here for five years, and yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. So, I would like to know what it's been like to have to see the community embrace this organization that you've created and, and to see 
the community catch the vision that you had and, and now share that vision and, and take it even further? What, what has that been like? Um, I can't tell you what it feels like to be out and about in the community and someone asks me what I do, and I'm, I mentioned soundscapes, and, and someone they say, oh, I know soundscapes. You're with soundscapes? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we're an institution that people recognize mm-hmm. and that people want to be part of, yeah. that's, that's been the joy. So not, not just the children are excited to be part of it, but um, members of the community want to be part of it mm-hmm. as well. And that's, just, that's not speaking to the music side of it. That's just the, you know, our, our footprint in the community. When uh, when we started, I, we had this really crude uh, business plan. It was horrible looking, uh, and our first logo was was kind of these sound waves that were expanding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and while we have a much more elegant logo now, uh, it's uh, that first idea. I remember when I would talk to people and say, okay, I know they're on buckets. This is going to turn into an orchestra. This is going to turn into something larger than what you could have ever ever imagined Mm -hmm. with these students right here on these orange buckets. Mm -hmm. And um, to be able now to be able to walk a community member to come in for a tour so that they see the buckets and then they see the instruments, then they see a wind ensemble, then they travel over to Peninsula Youth Orchestra and and see a larger orchestra. And then maybe they come back to that community concert where this past year was 160 students right. on on stage and off stage because they didn't all fit. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it is really neat to see where the the growth that we have had. And and what's even more exciting is to know that that growth isn't hasn't paused, True. and we're we're still on this trajectory mm-hmm. of of getting bigger and bigger, <coughs> and uh and affecting uh, impactfully and effectively, uh in, I can't say impacting impacting but effectively <laughs> impacting yes. Yes. our uh more students in our community. So I don't know if that answered your question. I did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Great. Well, I, I just really appreciate both of you coming in and spending some time talking about the history of the organization. Uh, this has been wonderful. And and I just want to thank you for starting Soundscapes and for jumping in and not just having the vision, but having the bold choices to actually start something new. So thank you. Um, but before I let you go, I can't let you leave without answering our rapid fire four. Uh, these are the four questions they ask to everybody, and and we'll try to be quick about it. But uh, we'll start with number one. And what is your favorite instrument? Cello. Wonderful. Not that I play it. But That's okay. It's still lovely to listen yes. to. Yeah. Ray. Uh, so mine is the spoons. Um, so <laughs> it, it just really no for <laughs> my. Uh, my I play French horn, uh, and my favorite instrument is the the French horn. I love the sound, the mellowness, the power. It can also melt your heart. I I love it. Perfect. But spoons come in second, close second. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Um, and what is a memorable recent concert that you attended? Um, I think the community concert that our our students put on um, at Ferguson Center, as well as the 
Peninsula Youth Orchestra concert at the American Theater. <clears throat> they're, they're the, the end of the year concerts are always the best, yeah. and these were particularly wonderful. So. Excellent. Same question. You are allowed to count concerts where you've performed or conducted. Yeah, well, memorable. I mean, the, <laughs> that's, that's the, the thing is, you know, uh, we attend concerts so that we can kind of escape, right? And I, I, I was, I knew you were going to ask this question, uh, and just thinking about all of the various different things. I, I remember uh, various different things. I remember a concert with the Virginia Symphony Orchestra where Zul Bailey was playing cello, and I remember looking over. He was playing a. Uh, uh, I think a Bach piece, one of the Bach cello concertos. And I remember seeing a tear yeah. coming down my wife's uh, uh, face and the, the emotional contact that she got. I remember uh, stepping uh, when my son was on Broadway and I got to see him for the first time, that emotion, that sure. proudness and, and everything like that. I, I just did a concert for Fourth of July where... I was playing 1812 Overture, you know, and that's usually when the fireworks come in. And I never get to see the fireworks because I'm usually under a shell. Uh, but my position where I was able to see the glare of the of the fireworks while playing the, the big thing. I, I think music is really, um, it presents so many different ways of experiencing time and experiencing these places in your life. Uh, and and uh, one of them, especially professionally, uh, is walking on stage at the Ferguson with 160 kids this past uh, April. And um, to get all of the, these students from really age 6, 7 to age 21 or 22 to come together to play something and to... to say it in one voice, uh, that to me really, you know, that's going to be a memory that I, that I have. Uh, I, it's in a way it's a little clouded because we're all, as musicians, we're, we're working with emotion, mm -hmm. but we're working with emotion through technique, mm -hmm. right? And we're, we're learning how to manipulate sound. We're learning how to manipulate loudness and softness. So a lot of times it's hard for me to just get emotional in the music because I do listen to it very technically sometimes. Uh, but it's those moments that surround the music that really just uh, stick to me. And they're, they're glued, glued into my long-term memory. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. And what was your dream job as a kid? Well, you have to remember that when I was a kid, women weren't expected to work. So I, being happily married was my dream job. When I was six and seven, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't until I was in college that it um, struck me that there was a, a world out there that I could participate in. Mm -hmm. So, as a child, not much. Mm -hmm. Well, glad you <laughs> took it well beyond that <laughs> to all of our benefit. What about was, you? Um, I was going to be a scientist until mm -hmm. uh, because my my family's in that field, but. Uh, when I got to sixth grade, that, that wasn't going to be a very good scientist. You don't want me working at NASA. Uh, but when I got to sixth grade and I started like learning how to read music, mm -hmm. it did not take me long to go, I want to be a musician. That's great. And here I, great. I get to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Final question, and if you had one magic wish for soundscapes, what would it be? Well, um, well, I would wish that it's it reaches any child who wants to be part of it. Um, probably, the, you know, we we are growing on the peninsula, but we could grow in Virginia as well. And I know Ray would love to be, and I'm speaking for him, but um, I know Ray would enjoy being the program director of a statewide youth orchestra. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, why stop there, nationwide? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I had an experience this morning where uh, we had some students playing at a, at a community event, uh, and um, and I was getting to speak to a young trumpet player's m- mother, and she was telling me that, she goes, you, you know that... Uh, we're staying at this at Carver Elementary because of soundscapes, and uh, and it's it's funny because the child said uh, somewhere like two years ago to his mom, "I I want to quit. It's late at night, you know," mm-hmm. um, and and you said that if it was uncomfortable that I could get out, and she then was being the the parent and said, "Well, yeah, but my job as a parent." is to make sure that you're getting these experiences and give it some time. And I think you're going to come back and you're going to really appreciate it. Uh, and the first thing that that uh, young trumpet player said right after, he goes, oh, that time has come and gone. I've already, <laughs> I already realized it. Um, and, and I think it's not, you know, I, I love business. I, I love building things, but... Uh, but building things with a purpose. So yeah, I'd love to see it grow. I'd love to see it grow, but because I want that experience with with that one child to multiply over and over and over and play itself over and over like a broken record uh, to where people are just uh, getting what they need out of this powerful tool, which is music. Couldn't have said it better. Well, thank you both, and thank you for watching and listening. Thanks for joining us around the teal table. Learn more at soundscapes.org. Soundscapes is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, Virginia Commission for the Arts, Newport News Arts Commission, Carnegie Hall through the Play USA program, LA Phil through the Partners in Music Learning program, Pizarro Foundation, Town Bank, the Bernadine Franciscan Sisters Foundation, and the city of Newport News. Recorded at Soundscape Studios. Original theme music by Joe Hamm.